Let's go to the word of the Lord hastily and uh, stay there and just linger for a minute. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Say for picking up the offering. Let's go to Psalms 105, verse 1 today, and I'm going to move down probably to verse 4. This is a beautiful psalm of God's providence and care for his people. It starts, of course, with thanksgiving. If you'd like to stand for the reading of the word, we do love to do that here. We stand for and honor the word of God. It has kept us. It has designed our lives. It has helped us if we've employed it into our life. It has changed us. How many have been changed by the word of God? How many have a testimony of that? Yes, amen, amen. This is the living, breathing, anointed word of God. It is not men's words put on page. It is as the Holy Spirit spoke through men and they wrote down. It is God breathed, literally, the scripture says. And so I'm thankful for this word from David. And I just, I want to focus on the first verse, but I'm going to read down through verse four. And you're going to be excited about this word, I hope. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him. I think that's what we did, right? We, we've done that? Amen, check. Talk ye all of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name, amen? How many have gloried in his name? In the name of Jesus, the name above every name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Amen? They, there's been... In modern churches, the term seeker-sensitive, how many have heard that term? And it has kind of kind of destroyed, in some ways, the desire for a seeker in the house of God. It has made people timid to talk about making things available to the visitor or the guest and going out of your way. But the Bible actually is not afraid of the word seeker or seek. The Bible actually says, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always or evermore. How many know there's a blessing in seeking the face of God? I I know people that have been seeking his hand and his handout for many years. Amen. They've been just seeking the mirror. And you know what? I'm thankful that people have come to God with wrong intentions, but God honored them anyways and healed their life. And then they began to grow and be discipled and they learned to seek God's face. But I don't want to just seek God's hand. How about you? I want to seek his face. Amen. Remember his marvelous works that he had done. That's what we're going to do today his wonders and his judgments of his mouth. I'm so grateful that I know the wonders of God. Jesus, I ask you just to help us to be empowered by your word. Let it be sown into our life in a very real way. Find nutrients, find soil that is ready for this word. And I pray that I can get out of the way and you can help somebody today do a miracle as we pass on the word of God. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. No, we truly do not seek miracles. The Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. In other words, the true believing church will have miracles, signs, and wonders in it. And if anyone needs a miracle, it is not an affront to those scriptures. It is not saying just because you've come for a miracle that you are in violation of someone But Jesus makes sure that you understand your faith has to be in him, not in the miracle. Amen? 
your need for a miracle is not looked down upon by God, for he invites the working of impossible things in his house. But in the understanding of that, we have to know that we must seek him first. That's the important thing, is to seek him first. And so we read some scripture from David, and I, I started to pull on miracles that happened. Of course, this week I had a notable miracle take place in my life, and I'll share that with you toward the end. But I want to just pull up a couple of the miracles, and I want to talk for a little while about experiencing Jesus. That is why we're here, amen? We're not here for specially crafted sermons or beautifully organized worship. We, we do enjoy all of those things, but, and they should be a part of the spirit of excellence in the church. But I do believe that you are here to experience Jesus Christ, and that is why you've come. Amen. I, I believe that we ought to have a, a, just a heartbeat that says, I'm here to see Jesus. I'm here to see Jesus. I want to see the Lord. Amen. And that when we leave this place, they would say, no matter what our education level is, no matter where we've come from or whatever background we've had or whatever experiences we've had to go through, whether triumph or trauma, they can say, truly, those people have been with the Lord on the Lord's day. Truly, there is something about them where God has touched them and they have experienced something beautiful in him. And so I want to tell you that the miracle that took place in my life this week is found in, in a beautiful experience, but also in that first verse in Psalms where it says, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. I want to make, his, make known his deeds among us today. And so we get done with service last Sunday. What a beautiful service we had last Sunday. I mean, just the moving of God's spirit and my wife and I got home and we're like, well, we don't really have plans for the afternoon or evening. And she said, well, what, would you be okay if I just rolled down to Burlington and meet with my sister and, and hang out a little while? I haven't seen her in a while. And I said, you know, no problem. You know, because of course I'm thinking NBA finals. Yeah. <laughs> Get me a little basketball in back here. And the little guy in the back of my mind is like, yeah, I'm Buffalo Wild Wings. Here we come. <laughs> and, uh, so I was thinking, you know, that's no problem. You go ahead, babe. I'm, I'm, I'm giving like that. I, I, I really have a heart to give today, and I'm just such a sacrificing husband. I have no problems with you going down to Burlington. And, of course, I, it didn't help that I was pulling out of the drive the same time she was. She's like, where are you going? No. I, I let her leave first, and then, and then I put on my jersey. Yeah. I was like, Giannis, here we go. Let's get this. <laughs> oh, I apologize. Holy Ghost, come back. <laughs> and then I was like, man, I need 40 points out of that boy today. I got to go see if he's got it in him. And so I went down, and I was having my appetizer, and I got this massive pain on this right side underneath my ribs, and I didn't. I haven't experienced anything like that. I've had a little bit of AFib stuff go on with firing of the heart, and, and it, was, it was nothing like that, not even close. It didn't even feel anything like that. And I literally was having some struggle breathing, and I got a hold of the server, and I just threw a 20, and I said, I got to go. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm having some, I'm not feeling well, and, and they're like, oh, I hope you get to feel feeling better and I as I was walking out I got out of the booth and I literally was almost bent over with pain and I got to my car and I'm sitting in my car doing like 
you know, Lamaze breathing because I had that much pain going on. I'm like, and then I drove myself home thinking maybe I should just drive straight to the hospital. But I got home. I'm thinking, okay, do I call my wife, bring her back from Burlington? What is going on? And I laid down and, you know, last Sunday, I preached about God can, and my wife has corrected me. I said, God can is the sign language. She's like, no, honey, let me help you. Thank you for a helpful bride, amen? What would I do without my bride? I wouldn't be able to drive. I wouldn't be able to do, no, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. She said, this is God. Everybody go, God. Everybody go, can. That is what God can do. So I had just preached that. And sometimes when I preach sermons, the Lord lets me live through what I've preached, either before or after I've preached it, so that I can be someone who can give a true testimony to what I'm preaching. And so I'm like, I was laying there. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm going to go through some pain. I'm going to believe that these are just relics of a reverse curse, amen, that Jesus took the thorns on his head and he removed the pain and suffering that came in through the garden, through the fall. And I was just going to say, you know what? This pain is just a relic of a reverse curse. And I believe God for it. And I just took my right hand and I just laid it right on my ribs right here. And electricity, as soon as I said, in the name of Jesus, I bind this, electricity just shot... I've never felt anything like it. Electricity just shot through my body, up my neck, and into the back of my head and began to move all around. And pain immediately started to subside. And by the time she got home, I was already sleeping. I wasn't even in pain anymore. I woke up the next morning. There, there was a dullness, like, like I had had a surgery in that area. It was almost like I had a ruptured appendix, but God just reached in and, and, and did what he does, only what God can do. And that miracle was so real and so tangible. I'm telling you. God touched me. The pain was great. I don't know what was happening, but God touched me. And with that electricity moving through my body, I never had an experience like that. It's literally the laying on of hands, the prayer of faith, or save the sick, literally in that moment, as the scripture says. And I experienced a tangible miracle last Sunday night. And as I began to pray Monday and Tuesday and to seek God and, and go through devotions, I felt God really impressing me. And I, I didn't want to be so insensitive as to name the title of this sermon what I was feeling because of what we've been through with COVID. And some of you have lost loved ones to COVID, and I understand that. So I, I was going to entitle this, Pass It On, but I knew that would be a little bit insensitive with the time. So I want to tell you that in that moment, I experienced Jesus. I I, I want to tell you, I truly experienced Jesus for myself. And you, you can't change my mind. You can't give me scientific statistics. Someday they're going to find out what exactly happened, maybe, if I get other x-rays. But I believe God did it in that moment. And you cannot change my mind. I believe in God. I believe he can do all things. And so through that, I began to just pray and seek God. And I felt like God wanted me to pass it on and just whatever you have received freely give. I believe in that so much. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gifted in in so many ways by those that went before me and I started looking at the miracles of Jesus and I saw in John 21 
25 that Jesus did so many miracles that they couldn't even be written down in books or else they wouldn't be contained. The scripture says in the room, in, in, in books, they would not be able to write enough books. And I was like, I wonder how many miracles Jesus did that were never written down. And most of his miracles were driven by compassion. Compassion. He was driven by the, the desire to reverse what people were going through. And, and I started pulling the places where Jesus did first his first miracle, of course, Canaan of Galilee. We know the marriage supper that, that was going on at Cana in Galilee. And Jesus and his disciples were invited to this wedding and they ran out of wine. And Jesus' mother, of course, saying, hey, whatever he says, do it. And Jesus is like, why are you involving me? He actually says, why, why are you involving me? My time is not yet. I, I'm not ready to step into this, but because of the faith of his mom and because she knew that he could do it, he, she said, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. And they had some water pots sitting there. They, they were really ceremonial washing pots. They were for the Jews. They would wash their feet with the water from the pots. And these pots were about six of them in place where they were at, and Jesus said unto them, take those water pots and, and use them nearby. They, they, they were made of stone typically and, and they were big jars and they were used to not only do ceremonial washing, but they, they were grabbed and used in this particular miracle and Jesus took them and each one of them will hold, they say, between 20 to 30 gallons of water. And so they filled them all up. He said, fill them up to the lip and then go and dip. Or he said, fill and then draw. Fill and then draw out of the, 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 the um, vessels and give to the master of the ceremony or the, or the master that was at the actual wedding. And so the pattern is that we need to have faith for a miracle, number one. And the second is we need to have obedience for a miracle. And God says, if you have faith in me, not the miracle, faith in me, then you obey what I say. God will give you a miracle. Amen? And that's what the pattern is. And then he gives a little specific about the obedience process. He said, fill and then draw. Fill and then draw. In other words, experience, then share. Experience and then share. And that's what God was telling me all week long. Whatever you experience, whatever miracle happened in your body, you go and you share that miracle. Don't keep it with yourself, but you go and you tell the people. You let the people know. Make known his deeds among all the people. And that's what I'm doing today. I'm obeying the word of the Lord and I'm preaching the word of the Lord only to let you know that when you experience Jesus, you are supposed to pay it forward. You're supposed to pass it on to somebody else. You're supposed to not keep it with yourself, but the miracle should move. Amen. You are a miracle in the making, but you are a miracle making other miracles. Amen. And you should be the one that understands that if he does it for you, you are no exception and you should pass it on to anyone else. It doesn't matter whether they deserve it, doesn't matter whether they're good natured, doesn't matter whether they are a person that you would say, I want to go on vacation with. Hello, somebody. <laughs> they deserve to have a miracle too. If you got a miracle, pass it on. Amen. So this was the first of the signs through which they experienced Jesus and his glory was at the wedding of Cana. And then another time Jesus was visiting Cana. This is the second miracle that happened in that area. John 4, 46 through 47. There was a nobleman's son who was sick at Capernaum. And Capernaum, we know, the, was a major hub in that area. 
It's on the northeastern shore of the Sea of Galilee, and it's where there was a garrison of Roman soldiers that would take all the taxes, and they would put them on the road to Rome. The Roman road was there, and Christians there at that time, they needed God, but they were in, in, in a place of faith. This is where Jesus did mighty works, the Scripture says in Capernaum. We know that in Capernaum was Peter's home. And in fact, some of the, some of the actual uh, ruins that they've unearthed, they found an octagon-shaped home, and they believe it was part of Peter's residence. But we don't really know because obviously there's many layers that have laid down in Israel over time, and it could be second century, it could be third century structures. We don't even know. But the Bible does say that there was a man that came to him who was a nobleman, and he asked him, would you heal my son? And Jesus said in verse 48 of that chapter of, first of John 4, he said, except ye, except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. He was addressing his faith in the miracle over his faith in Jesus Christ. If you, my brothers and sisters, want to experience God, make sure your faith is always anchored in him. I've said it already. I'll say it again. It must be in God. And so, number one, we understand we need faith. Number two, obedience for a miracle. In every one of these stories, you will find that they invite Jesus in to experience him. If you want to experience him, you have to invite him into your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to have inviting faith. Everything that happens, no matter good or bad, you have to say, Jesus, you're in charge. If it's bad, say, Jesus, I invite you in. I put you on the job. You can change this situation. You can do the impossible. He's not done doing the impossible. Amen? In fact, I think he likes doing the impossible because then you stand up and say, nobody could have done it but him. Amen? Have you ever been in a situation where nobody got you out but Jesus? Is there anybody with a testimony in the house that said, I believed in him over the miracle, but he showed up with a miracle in my life? Amen. And they obeyed. He said, go thy way, thy son liveth. He could have said, no, no, Jesus, I, I, I need you to come with me and do it like you've done it before and go to my house. He said, no, no. He said, if you say the word, it's done. And as he was going home, the centurion was met, or the nobleman was met by one of his servants. And the servant said, your son is well. And he said, what, what, what time did he begin to mend? What time did he get better? And he said, about seventh hour of the day. It's about 1 p.m. if you need to know what time that is. <laughs> Jesus is always on time, so, you know, I'm just saying. And Jesus showed up. As soon as he said the word, the boy was healed. And so the nobleman recognized that God's word has power. Amen. And so there set a precedent from that point on that if Jesus would speak it, not just go to your house, it would be done. And the power of understanding of the uttered word of God being able to heal was established in Capernaum. And they were able to see miracles, signs, and wonders. And Jesus cured the fever of Peter's mother-in-law in the house there in Mark 1 and 31. And then there, of course, in the ruins that they've pulled up, they've found places where there's inscriptions. And one inscription on the tabernacle pillar, it says HLPW, and it was the son of Zebedee, the son of Johannes. It says, made this column 
may blessing be his. They understood in Capernaum that when they give to the house of God, God gives blessings into their house. They picked up on some really powerful spiritual principles. One is that God is a healer. Number two, that you have to put faith in God. Number three, that you invite God in through that faith. Number four, that you obey God. No matter how he chooses to do the miracle, you let him do the impossible. Amen? And number five, that God is a God who can speak it, and it happens. And number six, when you give yourself to the house of God, whether through finance, giving, service, care, ministry, whatever it is, God will bless your life. And that is why there were mighty things done in Capernaum because they understood the basic principles of giving yourself as a servant to God and serving the house of the Lord. I don't care what you do here. I don't care if you're loosely attached to this church. If you sweep that parking lot, God will bless you. If you care for kids in a Sunday school room, God will bless you. You don't have to have your name on a pillar of the tabernacle in Capernaum for God to bless you. The truth is that if you make something or help something or do something at the house of God, blessings will follow into your life. And I believe it because I've watched it happen. Our good brother Dean has done so many little projects around here. And him and his wife were so privileged to help somebody pray through the Holy Ghost at camp. And when that happened, and I got the word that he had helped somebody pray and, and, and see God move in their life, the Lord, while I was preparing the sermon and I saw that the Lord brought his name to my mind, of course, we lovingly call him the Dinicus. <laughs> but the Lord said, I'm blessing his life with spiritual opportunity because of the little things he's done around my house. It is still a principle of the house of God. And of course, we know that we could not do this without the help of the Lord, and we know all glory goes to him. We're not giving any man glory, but we give God all the glory. Every early church believed when you build the house of God, you will be blessed. And they gave their whole life to it. I mean, now we are so, such transient people. We could be everywhere all over the place. I mean, you could, you could have a job where you fly somewhere every single week and you're not even here to, to put time into the house of God. But I wonder if God would turn our hearts back with the miracles and the signs and wonders that he's doing. I wonder if God would turn our hearts back to the house of God. Amen? And we would see miracles and obey the Lord and see God do great things at his house again. And we begin to invite him in faith into this place. And we begin to obey the word in deeper ways and deeper truths of the word of God. And through all of that, all of a sudden, things and miracles start happening. And we begin to experience Jesus in this place like we truly want to experience him. So Friday morning, Sister Jalisa, which... I, Glad you're joining us online. I was going into the hospital for a surgery, and I missed Brother Roy. I just didn't quite get the timing right. He thought he was going into surgery from 2 to 5 p.m., but he was going in at 5 a.m., and it changed so fast. But I wanted to get there and pray for him and pass on the miracle. But I wasn't able to get to him. He told me, hey, brother, I'm sorry. The time changed. I'm headed to the hospital now. So I prayed by text. <laughs> I sent the word. <laughs> Sent the word in Jesus' name. That's all I could do. You know, you got to do what you got to do. And then on Friday morning, 4.45, we're driving into Milwaukee and get to the house, and we're going to pray, and we anoint with oil. 
and I tell him the story of how God healed me that week and God has been impressing me to pass on the miracle. And I said, I'm just coming here today in obedience to God to pray over you the name of the Lord and the impossible can happen. And I believe that I'm passing my miracle onto you right now. And we laid hands and began to pray and she went off to the hospital. And later that day, Jesus sent me a message by text. He said, she went into the hospital. We, they went in. They did surgery. They did the cutting. But when they got in there, they couldn't find anything. They have, they, have, they have cysts on the pictures. And when they got in there, they found nothing. I said, because God passed on the... He still does it. You can experience Jesus if you want to. You go ahead and be negative or you can be positive and believe. I choose to believe that we can experience Jesus. We must have faith in him. He is a miracle worker. Cannot, you cannot make me believe any different. He can do it. Jesus healed the centurion, and Jesus healed others. He did it in his word, and sometimes embedded in the text, we read it, but we don't always apply it the way we need to. If we just have faith, and we just obey, and, and he, he looked at, in Capernaum, again, he's there doing miracles another time, the last miracle, and, and, and he sees in Matthew 8, 5 through 13, if they bring it up on the screen, Jesus heals the centurion's uh, servant, and, and when he's healing him, he gets this revelation that is handed to us in Scripture Matthew 8, 5 through 13, we'll read downward. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him. Next verse. Saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. This is after he has already sent his word. This is after he's already done other miracles where he didn't go. But he said, I will come. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. I wonder if he heard about the word being sent before in Capernaum. You think? Same place. Different miracle. But only speak a word. There it is. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. The centurion answered, for I also am a man under authority. Now watch what he does. Watch what the centurion does with this. He said, I've understood that you speak the word and they're healed, but I also am a man under authority and I know what your word of authority can do. And he said, I am also a man under authority having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does that. What are we seeing? Obedience. We're seeing step two, obedience. And so then you look, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found so great a faith, so great faith, even in Israel. Among all the rabbis, among all the Jewish leaders, 
among the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He said, I've never seen faith like this. He took the understanding of I can speak a word, and he's taking it to a whole nother level of authority. And when you understand that, you can walk down, be anointed with oil, and have in your heart the faith to believe that as prayers are being prayed, there's authority in the name, and God can do it immediately as it is said. Immediately as hand is laid on you, just as it was in me, and electricity going through my body. It, it even startled me because I wasn't expecting to feel anything. I just had faith to believe. But you can literally have an experience of God, whether you feel anything or not. Thank God that sometimes he lets us feel things. But whether you feel anything or not, the name has authority and power. And God will be amazed at your faith when you let him speak a word and you give it all authority. You give him all authority. Amen? And so we speak the word in this house. We know that the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. Amen. That God has given the tongue the ability to, uh, to utter things that change the course of your life. And so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the power of God. In these miracle stories, I'm thankful that I've experienced what they've experienced, a healing, a separation from pain in my body, a, a time where there was something, and then after prayer, there wasn't. Just as Sister Julissa went through the miracle of this last week, I believe there are more miracles to happen in this room. And would you, would you stand with me right now? And I, I want to have the music come back. Whoever is doing altar, I don't always check in and see who's scheduled. But I, I want you to know that in this moment, whether you feel anything or not, whether you, you have a, an, a strong urge to go to the altar call or not, I promise you I am here to pass on my miracle to you. And if you need a miracle in your life, we're going to take a time where music is going to begin and prayer is going to begin. And then if you gather in this center section and the altar will be open and you can come and respond to the word, please do. Please come and reassure your faith in God. Please come and reassure God that you're going to be obedient to his word. Please come to this altar and say, God, I still believe in experiencing you. I still believe in experiencing Jesus at the house of God. I still experience him in my daily walk. I still experience him on my job, but I believe that you want to do something here in this place. And as the music begins and as we worship God in this moment, you are welcome to step here. I'm going to grab anointing oil and I'm going to pray over anyone that wants a miracle passed to them. And I believe God can do just like he did for Jalisa, just like he's done for others, just like he did for those in the word of God. He can pass a miracle to you. Amen. Would you lift your hands in the house of God and just say, Lord, I believe you. Lord, I put my faith in you right now. God, I want to obey you in every way. And go ahead and ask God to forgive you of anything that is outside or, or has been done in error. Lord God, forgive me. Wash my sins. Keep me and make me new, Lord Jesus. Just begin to worship him in this house. And we're going to have a moment of miracles and blessings. God, you can pass on. I don't deserve to see all that I've seen but I deserve to know that you want to give it to somebody else. And I believe if you just say the word, come on, somebody, believe. If you just say the word, Jesus, if you just say the word, my son's coming home.
home. My prodigals are coming home. If you just say the word, my healing is in your word, Jesus, in the authority and power of the name of Jesus. I release a healing miracle ministry in this moment. I believe you're going to do it, Jesus. I believe surely as you heal my body, you can heal other bodies in this room. I believe you're going to answer these prayers and this faith and this obedience. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I release a miracle anointing over this people. And I believe if you're listening online, if you lift your hands in your living room or wherever you are, God will release a miracle to you. I believe that some are praying in their prayer language. Some are reaching for God. Some are right now desiring a miracle and experiencing Jesus. If you need a miracle, you can meet me here. I'm just going to pass on what God gave to me. Nothing big, nothing flashy. Just give you what God has given to me right now in the center area. If you move to this center area and you have a miracle need in your life, I will pray over you and ask God to give you what he's given me in Jesus' name. Others praying, others worshiping, Tanya singing a song of worship. If you need to go, you're welcome to, but right now we're going to have a moment of prayer.